It is Tuesday, everybody. Who's ready? Who's ready for two for Tuesday? I don't know what you're getting two of. Getting two people here on the morning show. Hey! Matt and Mo. <laughs> this is the same amount you get every I was going to say, not as if that's but... <laughs> any different from Monday, Wednesday, or Thursday, but hey. Kind of a letdown, really. But anyway, uh, coming up on today's show, how to be a happy single. Plus... The latest news, random facts, and a Twitter spotlight. But first, it is February 19th, and we've got a few holidays to celebrate, don't we? Uh, we do. A do. Uh, 2 2019. <laughs> I remembered to say it. I'm so glad I did. <laughs> uh, uh, it is International Tug of War Day. So is that like a euphemism for arguing at the United Nations or? I don't know. Or is it a euphemism for like the battle that you feel within yourself? Tug of war to do the right thing versus what you want to do. And I just don't understand how you could have an international tug of war. Is there a rope that stretches across the Atlantic? That would be so cool. (laughs) Uh, It would be. Wow. Are you Googling it? Yeah, I'm okay. just it's weird. Over 50 countries have formal national tug-of-war organizations. Okay. <laughs> Apparently it was an Olympic sport for 20 years. Tug-of-war? Mm-hmm. Okay. From, 90, uh, from 1900 to 1920, it was an Olympic sport. Until they realized that elementary-aged kids could play it better than they could? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. I hate tug of war. They did the same thing with Red Rover. That was an Olympic sport for a while. <laughs> and dodgeball. Dodgeball. Um, yeah, I hate tug of war. You hate it? Why? Because you get rope burn on your That's hands. That's true. Rope burn is pretty bad. But... Or if you're the person in the back on the losing team, you get drug through the sand or the grass or the mud or the dirt. That's my favorite kind of tug of war when there's a big mud pit in the middle. Yeah. And so whoever loses is the one get thrown in the mud pit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm never going to be the one to volunteer. Yeah, I'll play tug of war. Let's go. No. I would definitely play it any time. Well, possibly if you were on my team, I might would play. <laughs> Got that fat strength. <laughs> it's true. It's a thing. Right, well, <coughs> hey, okay. It's also <laughs> National Chocolate Mint Day. <laughs> That's Do you one like of my, chocolate that and mint? That is one of my favorite combinations. Mint, yeah. Mint chocolate chip, favorite ice cream. Yep. And the only good kind anymore is made by Baskin Robbins. Because every other mint chocolate chip has gone to having giant... Chunks wedges of, of chocolate. chocolate yeah and i want chips i want tiny little shavings i mm-hmm. don't want chunks yeah i don't want to be gnawing on half of a candy bar halfway through my creamy dessert yeah yeah i think that it's because it went from like chips mint chocolate chips kisses to like no from chips to the big kisses yeah and people were like yeah, all the more chocolate. More chocolate. But really, I want like the little miniature kisses in my like mint. the baking. Yeah, kind. the tiny ones yeah. because it's that would be okay. It still wouldn't be my favorite. I still feel like that's too much chocolate in a. I don't want to. I feel like I don't want to have that texture of you biting don't want the through crunchy? a chop. Yeah, well, not crunchy per se, but just the solidness. I don't want that solidness. Yeah, you know. With the shavings, it kind of melts, melts with yeah. the... And that's... Oh, that's great. Yeah, it is great. 
Okay. <sighs> Lastly, it's Iwo Jima Day, Matthew. Well, that's a whole switch in emotion right it there. It is. Uh, yep. Iwo Jima. Battle of Iwo Jima. This was the start of the Battle of Iwo Jima. Okay. Because it lasted for about a month and a half. Ended on 26th of March. It was a major battle in which the United States Marines landed and eventually captured the island of Iwo Jima from the Imperial Japanese Army during World War II. Is Iwo Jima when the thing, the, the, that statue where they're hoisting the flag, is that from Iwo Jima? Oh, maybe. I bet if I hit the image search, it'll show me. Yep. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Every few years, somebody, like, does a parody of that with something. Uh-huh. I remember Time Magazine did a parody of it with a tree, and it was about environmentalism. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And it's always a bad idea. Because there's always so many people that get upset about it, which I completely understand. Like, this was a historic moment yeah. in World War II. Let's not, you know, use it for your political agenda. Or whatever else. True. Yeah. But, uh... Those are my holidays. Yeah, those are them. That's today. <laughs> That's it, guys. <laughs> Quick, name three of your favorite books. Oh, my. Oh, never mind. Hopefully you said the Bible is your first one. The Absolutely. Lion and the Witch and the Wardrobe should be your number two, by the way. And Fellowship of the Ring better be your number three. <laughs> but if you have room in your fantasy heart for a fourth place, consider... Michael P. Mordanga's The Boy and His Curse. This is an epic fantasy for fans of the classical style of fantasy. Ethan Miyoko is a teenage kid just trying to fit in. At the worst possible time, he gets the curse of bad luck. Now he is constantly running away from vicious dogs, house fires, and everything else trying to kill him. His miserable life would end if it wasn't for a helpful fairy named Caitlin who brings him to the world of Faria. I know what you're thinking. Sounds like one of those cookie-cutter fantasy stories, blah, blah, blah. But the bizarre twists, epic sword fights, half-hawk, half-squid monsters, and lots of lore. Plus, you can... Uh, well, it sets it apart. Plus, you can sound smart in front of your pastor when you talk about all the spiritual topics involved. This book was written by the creator of Sunday School Answers, which means it will have some bizarre humor if you're into that sort of thing. Fans are saying that if you like Lewis's Space Trilogy or Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, then you will have no trouble eating up this story. The Boy and His Curse is $2.99 on Amazon Kindle or free if you have Kindle or Amazon Unlimited. The Boy and His Curse will be your next great addiction. Check it out today. Good story. And hey, I said addiction right this time. Good job. <laughs> Way to go. All right. It is time for the news, everybody. Here's the news. <laughs> we, yeah, we really need a we really need like a a theme, uh-huh. a little little what is it? What are they called? Bumper music. Yeah, a little bumper, bumper music? music for for the news. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in a prison system where a 15 minute phone conversation can cost up to twenty dollars, no lie. Seriously, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Many convicts and their loved ones are unable to afford the cost of communication. Thankfully, an ingenious new app designed by ex-convicts is offering an inexpensive and convenient way for inmates and their families to keep in touch. Pigeonly 
is a service that allows users to share their photos with inmates simply by taking a picture with their cell phone and uploading it to the app, like Instagram or anything else. The photo is then screened by Pigeonly employees so that it can be sent to the appropriate prison, printed onto paper, and delivered to the convicted recipient. Frederick Hudson was inspired to create Pigeonly after spending five years in a federal penitentiary. This right here would be... There would be a uproarious riot of joy if this became like a massive thing in the prison system. Yeah. Like if this was, if this is definitely, impl- if this is implemented to where it can be done, because they, they're really strict about the mail. So I'm, I'm not certain that every prison is going to allow this, mm-hmm. but if this could be a, a major thing, like an actual thing that uh, prisons allow. This would be a boost in morale yeah, all across the board. Uh, people listening might not know my whole testimony, but I did spend six months in a prison. And gosh, it's like Christmas every day when you get something in the mail. Mm-hmm. But it is so disappointing when there are people in there that know they aren't getting anything. Yeah, So many people that don't get anything because they, you know, they can't, they can't, people can't afford it. Uh, they can't definitely, like they said, phone calls can't afford that. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's so expensive and mail is so, uh, difficult to get because they, it's gotta be, it's gotta be screened. It's gotta be, it goes a letter that would take two days to get somewhere in America will take two to three weeks to get to you. Yeah. You know, in a prison. And so if, and if they were able to do something so simple like this to where you could just take a photo anytime mm-hmm. and it'll get sent out there, those could be coming in all, all the time for, yeah. your, for, for your loved one that's, that's incarcerated. It would be such a boon for morale. It really would be great. I yeah. think this is a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. I really hope it takes off. I agree. A Houston family said that they were charged more than $1,600. For a Domino's pizza order that should have been less than 20. Domino's confirmed officials had looked into the complaint after the family and possibly others were charged thousands of dollars for otherwise standard pizza orders. A pizza pizza chain said wrong payment amounts were charged Friday due to an error. And I'm assuming this means on their app. Uh, the company said it is working with its payment vendor to fix the issue and correct any affected trans- transactions. It might have not been in their app. I don't know. It doesn't really say. But or like through the website, possibly. Through the website, or it might have been their internal credit card system. Yeah. I don't know. But can you imagine? Because <laughs> most people, or a lot of people anyway, who yeah. live paycheck to paycheck, they don't got that much in their account. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they're eating Domino's pizza. The cheap pizza. Right. The five for five. <laughs> I or, mean, or two for five. Two for five. Two for five ninety nine, I think. Is what it is. What's the five for five? Where am I at? What right is now? a five for five? That's a good deal. Whatever it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's sixteen hundred dollars. Oh, Wendy's has a four for four. <laughs> Wendy's has a four for four. That's probably what you're thinking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'm wondering if because it says that it was supposed to be less than twenty dollars, I'm wondering if like an couple extra buttons got right hit. like if it was 16 bucks yeah and they got charged 1600 yeah 
But it does say that possibly others were charged thousands of dollars, too. So it was just a new guy. Just one Listen. new guy that kept putting too many. <laughs> when I was working with a register, it you would it happens often. Especially if they already have it to where like the double zeros are at the end. Mm, yeah. And automatically. all you have to uh-huh, all you and have you to do you is gotta type it in. Yep. <laughs> happened many times in my case. Oh. All right. Well, just like yesterday, we got to kind of end on a sad note because we have another news story uh, that's tied into all the new abortion laws that are going on. And this one actually happens uh, is happening in our home state of New Mexico. Doctors could be forced now to perform abortions under this new extreme New Mexico bill. New Mexico House of Representatives passed a bill last week that would legalize unrestricted abortion up to the day of birth, just like New York, and would remove conscious conscience uh, protections for doctors and hospitals who don't want to perform abortions. The bill, HB 51, would repeal a 50-year-old law that predates Roe v. Wade and prohibited abortion except in cases of rape, incept, incest, incept, inception, uh, grave mental or physical or mental defects, uh, it says mental or physical or mental. Sorry, I didn't pre-read that. I didn't write this, but anyway. Uh, and to save the mother's life, uh, the bill passed the Democrat-controlled House 40 to 29, now heads to the Senate, which is also controlled by Democrats, and the Democratic governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham, supports it, so it's likely going to be put straight through. Uh, Pro-lifers say the bill has two problems. One, it mirrors bills in New York and Virginia by removing all restrictions on abortion. And two, it rolls back a section of New Mexico law that protected doctors and hospitals. So this is just another horrific situation, uh, result, consequence of these bills is now not only are we saying that abortion abortion is okay Mm -hmm. all the way up through the entirety of the birth, but now... Doctors who have a religious or moral stand against it would be forced to perform them mm-hmm. against their will and against their morality. Even though there could be several other doctors that are willing, clinics and whatnot. I'm sure there are plenty in New Mexico. It's a highly liberal state, except for our one little bastion uh, over here in the corner. But I've never heard that word. Bastion. Bastion. Yeah. I might not even be using it correctly, <laughs> but the, it's it's just, it's dumbfounding. I don't have, I say this every time. I don't understand how this is not only happening, but being celebrated. You, I mean, we're always asked to put ourselves in other people's shoes, especially when it comes to things like, uh, you know, homosexual marriage and mm-hmm. and transgender issues and all that. And yet when the opposite is, is, is talked about, the situation that we're in here is you are taking someone who thinks that abortion is murdering someone and saying, you have to do it. You have to be the one responsible for doing it. How awful is that? Mm-hmm. How inhuman is that situation right there? Yeah. You think this is murder, tough noogies. Not only is it acceptable, but you're responsible. You have to do it. 
this is your job now. Yeah. Or you quit being a doctor. Mm-hmm. Those are the two options. Yep. If this passes, which it most likely will. Yeah. <sighs> People. We, uh, I talked about how we hosted a group of boys yeah. a couple weeks ago for D-Now. And the theme for D-Now was, I'm actually wearing the shirt, but it kind of cracks me up because it says fools mm-hmm. big across the shirt. And it kind of makes you wonder, uh, why am I wearing a shirt that says fools? Right. <laughs> but the whole theme was to be a fool for Jesus, to be a fool for Christ. And it comes from the verse in 1 Corinthians, um, I think it's 4.10, that says we were... We were fools for Christ, but we are wise in Christ. We were made weak, but we were also made strong. Um, And explaining to the boys, they were kind of, they couldn't understand, what do you mean by being a fool for Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, and had to, we pointed out this situation in particular, doctors to the outside world, if, if they were to choose to not follow this law, that could be foolish. That could be considered, they're going to lose their licensing they're going to lose their job they could lose their livelihood you know Mm -hmm. they could lose their homes whatever it could affect their entire families but to be a fool for christ to be foolish and to stand up what's for what's right in the end you were made wise Mm -hmm. and so being able to put that into perspective in this aspect for those boys it really really hit home They they began to talk about scientists as well because scientists typically can't say that they have Christian beliefs. Right. You know, they could lose their tenure or funding or, again, lose jobs, you know, because they lose their validity as right. a scientist for believing in Christianity. Right. Or so. or in a different theory of mm-hmm. uh, how the world came to be. Yeah. In fact, that was another news story. We don't have it in any of our news this week, but I did see it in the list that there's there was a collection of about a thousand scientists that decided to come out and say we have a lot of problems with darwinism yeah that just doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. and that was the whole point behind it of we're sick of being uh scared into being silent about this because of fear of being ousted from the scientific community right there are problems here that are being glossed over Mm -hmm. with this theory yeah and Nobody can say boo about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you're labeled a fool Yeah, if you doubt the uh, theory of evolution as it stands today. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that that same kind of situation arose with Hobby Lobby. Yeah. You remember a couple of years ago, Hobby Lobby did not want to be forced to provide a... uh, a insurance plan that provided for abortion. Right. Uh, I think they also had issues with... Uh, birth control, birth, I believe. Birth control and the morning after pill and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but the but the crux of it was they had to provide for uh, abortion as a part of their health mandate, mm-hmm. health, health uh, care mandate. And they fought that thing. But they came out and said, if we don't win, we are going to just close down. Yeah. Because we're not going to go against our beliefs. Yeah. And so there was a time where... Every Christian mother in America feared that, <laughs> that Hobby Lobby would be gone. It's the truth. <laughs> I mean, what other store can you walk in and get birthday supplies, home decor, Christmas ornaments for next year, no matter what time of the year it is? Yeah. Books, all while listening to instrumental Christian music. <laughs> Uh, I think Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A get their music from the same place. <laughs> it's a
costume. Instrumental Christian music. On the music. <laughs> Coming up later in the show, how to be a happy single. Stick around. We'll see you at the top of the hour. Glad that you're with us here on this Tuesday. I almost said that word that you Please didn't like. Please don't. I just don't. <laughs> it just sounds weird. But see, I can't it's think fun, of anything. I keep trying to figure out what we can add with Tuesday. Yeah. And I can't think of anything. Terrific Tuesday. Well, I keep thinking Tipsy Tuesday, but that tells tipsy you. Tuesday. Tipsy Tuesday. Tipsy <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, it's it could be, just grape juice. It could be Tippy Tuesday. Tippy I mean, Tuesday. Just go around giving tips to people. <laughs> two Cent Tuesday. Two Cent Tuesday. Here's my two cents, y'all. Hey, <laughs> I want some facts. I'm right. in the mood. I'm hungry for facts. For five of them? For, I will eat five. Five for five facts. Okay. <laughs> hey! <laughs> All right, number one. Before settling on the names for the seven dwarfs we know today, Disney considered others such as Chesty, Tubby, Burpee, Deffy, Hickey, Wheezy, and Awful. <laughs> you know, this Walt, sounds this sounds like an April Fool's joke. Walt, Walt had bad days too, guys. Okay, he wasn't happy all the time. <laughs> Hickey, listen what here, would've, Tubby. What would have Hickey's been? <laughs> he must have just been like the ladies' man dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't help but think, was Chesty a female dwarf? <laughs> that would have been so bad. I don't know. Uh, All and right. Just, and then just awful. <laughs> that's, who's that? That's awful. Well, that's like bashful. You got... All the other ones. That's true. There is one that doesn't have a Y. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. See? <laughs> okay, a rabbit named Dory once helped... Once helped... Save her owner. Did y'all catch that? A rabbit named Dory once helped save her owner's life after he slipped into a diabetic coma. She jumped on his chest ferocious, jumped on his chest ferociously Furiously. until, ay ay ay, or ferociously until her odd <laughs> behavior caught the attention of the man's wife. She thought he was sleeping and then called for help. Hey, good on you, Dory. <laughs> Sorry I didn't give that fact a little better. Uh, when a kangaroo is being threatened with an attack, they'll lead the animal into a body of water before attempting to drown them. That is savage. <laughs> My gosh. All right, let's fight. But we're going to fight in the water. It's pretty cool. Die. It's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> uh, honeybees and squirrels have about the same number of hairs on their bodies, roughly three million. The average human head has about 100,000. 10, 100. 100. <laughs> How many O's? One, zero. Maybe okay. it is Tipsy Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, right? What's in that piece tea you got over there? It says just, just lemonade it, and tea. Is it an but... Irish tea? What's going on here? Is it a Long Island iced tea? 
<laughs> okay, and lastly, the most common color for highlighters is yellow because it doesn't have a shadow on the page. It doesn't leave a shadow on the page when photocopied. Hey, Mo, <laughs> take a breath. <laughs> Do you want gonna, that one again? You're going to be talking a lot in this Great. next part, too. Great. <laughs> Great. And we're representing someone else's work now. So. <laughs> now listen, I cannot be held responsible for the way that my mouth does and does not move. I can't be held responsible for my talking words that are wrongish. That's not what I said. It's just that sometimes my lips do things that my brain is not telling them to do. Hey, there we go. You got all that right without messing it up. All yeah. right. All right. Well, today is our Twitter Tuesday spotlight. Uh, we've got. 15 tweets, recent hilarious tweets from uh, our spotlight this week is on Church Curmudgeon. He is one of the, if not the most famous of the Twitter church anons. Probably the guy that started it all and at least the guy that's credited with starting it all. So uh, we're going to pay him a little homage today by reading some of his most recent tweets. And uh, let's just dive right in. All right. Some people are blessings in disguise. Some people are a little... Too good at disguises. Roses are red. Violets are violet. Give me black coffee and don't try to style it. (laughs) Hashtag 100. Don't need no unicorn fraps, guys. That's the truth. You can keep your latte. You can keep your macchiato. You can keep whatever else. Just give me black coffee. Uh, Nothing like running usher formations in the freezing rain to form a strong and dedicated squad. How do the Amish know what to be ticked off about every day? (laughs) At First Baptist, we want to make sure our singles know they are vital to our ministry. So we're letting them serve at the Valentine's Banquet (laughs) in childcare. Everybody loves to cry heretic, but nobody calls out the guy who didn't include coffee as a love language. Roses are red. They grow in dirt. Pour me the coffee and no one gets hurt. (laughs) If you try to hug me during the welcome time, you will soon bear the mark of Cain. My Cain. (laughs) They served goulash at our missions dinner last night. I loved it, but I always feel hungry an hour later. (laughs) Hungry. (laughs) Because goulash. Uh, when I picked that one, I forgot that people can't see the word. Yeah, they can't see. <laughs> this is so the country, the country hungry, hungry. Where goulash is a typical dish. Okie dokie. Oh, I'm stupid. <laughs> the wind chill is the icy gaze of hymn writers in heaven listening to the vapid chorus you added to improve their work. <laughs> Lot's wife was the salt of the earth and a pillar of her community. <laughs> These are so bad. He's heavy on the pun humor. We'll put it that way. I like it, though. (laughs) St. Peter is going to check your sermon note inserts to see if you filled them all out, just so you're aware. (laughs) The youth pastor is preaching tomorrow, so it's time for him to pick a verse to go with his illustrations. (laughs) Trying to update the lyrics to beloved hymns is a good way of raising your Ebenezer. I remember, hold on. Do you remember, were you here when John first did that song and used that verse? Yes. <laughs> here Was I it Hillary that said? Ebenezer. And still, to this day, we sing it. None of us know what it means. <laughs> Why 
is that? What are we raising? Why is Ebenezer capitalized? I don't understand. <laughs> what does it mean? Who I, is he? No, everybody thinks Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that everybody's... Let's just take a pause. Okay. I want to find out. What does raise my Ebenezer mean? I okay, thought read, that John explained this to us. Read the last one. Okay. I may not agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it somewhere other than on my lawn. <laughs> so that's from Church Curmudgeon. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, he's got his own book. The uh, oh, What's it called? I didn't plan on uh, hyping it, so I didn't. The, uh, then Tweets My Soul. That's the name of his book. Uh, Best of Church Curmudgeon. He also has a, a coffee blend named after him. By some other company. Church Curmudgeon Coffee Blend. That's pretty neat. Uh, so here I raise my Ebenezer. It is from 1 Samuel 7.12. Um, uh, what, is it? what is an Ebenezer? It doesn't say. It just says that it reminds God's people how he delivered Israel from danger. Oh, there's a whole long say, article. Say the line. Here I raise my Here Ebenezer. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Um, okay. Okay, an Ebenezer is a stone of help. As a reminder of the great victory God gave to Israel, Samuel took a great stone and raised it as a memorial between Mizpah and Shen. As he raised it, he called... The name of it, Ebenezer, uh, stone of help, saying, hither, hither hath the Lord helped us, uh, 1 Samuel seven twelve. So whenever the Israelites looked at the stone, they would remember how God had helped them. Uh, unfortunately, the exact site of the stone is unknown today, but that is what that was here. So when we say, here I raise my Ebenezer, it's saying, here we, I am raising a stone of, of basically memorializing the help that God has given me. I don't remember if John shared that or not. If he did, I wasn't paying attention. But Okay, so if I do remember him explaining. Yeah. But he didn't explain it like that. No. So maybe ask him, Hey, what is what is that whole raise my Ebenezer thing about? And see if he knows now that you know. <laughs> and then if he doesn't, I can snipe him. Yes. And say, You're wrong, John. You're misleading the flock, John. And now you have to sing Reckless Love. (laughs) When we come back, how to be a happy single. Stick around. Row Morning Show here on this Tuesday. It's our third hour on a not so tippy Tuesday. Uh, keep keep that keep that uh, alcohol locked up, folks. That would be tipsy, not tippy. Oh, did, did I say tippy? You did say tippy. <laughs> Matt's being stingy and not giving no tips, tips. today. <laughs> no tips on Tuesdays. It's a new rule here in America. 
Hey, quick question. Are you fr- are your friends bragging about Game of Thrones or making you feel like an outsider about it? Wouldn't it be great if you had an amazing story that that you could be hooked to and, and make them feel bad about instead? Well, look no further than Michael P. Mordanga's epic fantasy, The Boy and His Curse. Follow Ethan Miyoko as he tries to get his driver's license, but instead gets eternal bad luck. This horrible curse tries to kill him every day, and instead of dying, Ethan chooses to go to a mystical world of fairies and trolls, Feria. Now, before you write this story off as some happy-go-lucky cookie-cutter fantasy, let me tell you that Ethan gets into some bizarre stuff. Awkward relationships will be had. Hilarious problems will be faced. Half-squid, half-hawk monsters will try to eat him. And let's not forget, it ends in a glorious battle with so many swords, arrows, and fire that you will be satisfied for weeks. Fans are saying that if you like Lewis's Space Trilogy or Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, that you will have absolutely no trouble eating up this story. The Boy and His Curse is $2.99 on Amazon Kindle, or it's free if you have Kindle Unlimited or Amazon Prime. The Boy and His Curse will be your next great addiction. Pick it up today. So, today we are diving into a topic that we probably could have talked about last week as we were leading up to Valentine's Day. Because remember we talked about the angry single people that come around around Valentine's Day. Yeah. They're happy to be single all 11 other months of the year, all 51 other weeks of the year, all 364 other days of the year, but on Valentine's Day... <laughs> How They're dare bitter. we celebrate relationships? Yeah. No, okay. We're painting a picture <laughs> here that we don't want to paint. We want to paint five ways to be a happy single. Oh, that's what we were doing? <laughs> I was unaware. <laughs> uh, look, singleness is a reality for a lot of folks. Uh, and the older you get, the singular you feel. <laughs> I'm told. Uh-huh. I haven't ever been single in my life. So, story. <laughs> my first girlfriend was in first grade. It's been that way forever. Um, but some of you out you there, you might have a problem, Matt. I'm addicted to relationships. I know that. But now I'm married, and so I got a line into my veins. Well, that's <laughs> funny because you don't like being friends with people. No, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's not as if you're addicted to Even, all relationships. It's just that <laughs> one relationship. Even the friends that I do have are friends that just belittle me all the time or make me feel bad about myself. I don't. <laughs> you're you a two, punk. Except for you. Gosh. I was actually talking about Hillary. The other day, Hillary and I were sitting and she was talking about how she doesn't have a lot of friends either. She said... I'm not, no, I'm mad at you. I don't even want to talk right now. I wasn't now. talking to you. <laughs> Come on, it's a funny story. Fine, whatever. Come on. I'm listening. Hillary <laughs> said, uh, Matt, I only have like four friends and you're two of them. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a fat joke, everybody. Fat jokes abound because all of my friends except Mo are mean to me. <laughs> I feel so bad, even when I like, when I make a joke that's not a fat joke, and then you're like, was that a fat joke? And I'm like, no, it wasn't a fat joke. Right. It's the opposite with you and me. I'm mean to you. I, I've, 
I even felt this way yesterday on our show. <laughs> I'm like, I put a lot of jabs at her in that whole episode. <laughs> eh. See, I think that it's because I grew up with brothers, yeah. so I don't... You're it, used to that yeah. playful banter. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a topic that we're supposed we to be talking, talking about? about. Five ways to be a happy single. <laughs> all right, so uh, this is not my list, and I haven't really gone through it all, so we're going to kind of discover it together and discuss if we think this is a... Uh, accurate way, even though neither of us are single or have been for a long time. I know people who are single, <laughs> but yeah, and we, I'm we really good people. at telling people how they should live their life. <laughs> so this should be a walk in the park. Yep, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so number way, the first one, first way, number way, the first one is what I just said. Number one, the first way to be a happy single, know and believe the truth. Tell yourself the truth about your identity and your single status. So this is not living in denial <laughs> about being single, <laughs> except the situation. <laughs> Wake up every morning and I look in single. the mirror. I am single. <laughs> <laughs> I have no significant other. <laughs> I don't. So I think this needs a lot more explanation in it. I think it <laughs> needs to be. It really should have just been tell this. Tell yourself the truth about your identity. Because your identity does not lie in the fact that you are single. Right. And no, I, I do think that's exactly what it's talking about. I think. Yeah, but he they're... went on to say, and your single status. Like, well, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That still makes sense. Okay. Because I think there are too many people that live their lives when they're single for relationships. Like, they're, they're actively always seeking a relationship, whether that be using a dating app or constantly going out. On the weekends with a specific purpose of trying to meet somebody. They're they're thinking, they're waking up thinking that my life is incomplete at the moment because I don't have someone else in it. Mm-hmm. When that doesn't necessarily have to be true. No. Uh, especially for the believer because God takes us through different periods of our lives. And there might be some that are destined to be single. And they need to be able to know that they can still find purpose. They can still find fulfillment in singleness yeah you know they don't have to live their life for seeking out somebody else yeah so i think that's what they're trying to say um but yeah just (laughs) it sounded a little harsh Mm -hmm. wake up you're single live with it tell yourself the truth about your single status (laughs) okay all right the second way to be a happy single is surrender Uh, knowing that god wants the very best for me allows me to trust him Mm mm-hmm Um, so yeah, so I think at first I was thinking that this list was a, here are five ways independently. I think this is saying, here's five things you need to do in order to be a happy single. So this is like a do all five of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number three is prepare. Uh, are you ready to be in a relationship? I think this is smart Mm -hmm. because there are far too many people. Who are not ready to be in a relationship. Oh, yeah. Especially the people that seem to be addicted to relationships. Well, and I feel like especially people who have been single for a long time. Yeah. You know, you have gone on living most of your life. You're in your own habits. You've got your own routine. You know what you're doing. You think that being having someone come alongside you would be easy and would make it all better until you realize... Well, this just complicates things. Yeah, because it's a whole lot of compromise. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Gosh, yeah. I've thought about what life would be like if if uh, 
if you I suddenly married. found myself single yeah. at this point after having been married. Yeah. And like, I would, I would die. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would die within two years. Not on purpose, just because I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I would be holed up in a, in a room and just slowly either uh, decompose or, <laughs> or uh, eat until I exploded. Yeah. One of the two. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, and that's not healthy because that's me. That's, that's my problem is that I, I need to have a relationship, which is a poor way to live. Um, had I, uh, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm better about it now, but when I was, when we were first dating and when we were first married, even, uh, I wasn't ready. I was too. I was too addicted to the love and the relationship stuff. Yeah. To the point where I was putting Daedra on the pedestal that Jesus should have got on. Mm. You know, she became the answer to my problems. And that wasn't a role that she had signed up for. You know, that was unfair of me to put her there and expect her to be that in my life. And that put a major strain on our marriage, especially when all my other problems started coming out. And it took it took a lot of time for both of us to get to a healthy place in the relationship. Mm-hmm. A lot of time, uh, some therapy, a lot of stuff. And I think it's all because I was not ready to be in a relationship. I was just addicted to being in one. Because that thing about me being in a relationship since first grade—that's the truth. I have always had a girlfriend. I don't think I went more than three months. My entire life without having a quote unquote girlfriend, even if, you know, nothing happened really between us other than the fact that, you know, we're boyfriend, girlfriend, especially first grade or whatever. Just knowing that Mm -hmm. in my head was enough to, you know, give me a a pleasure boost that made me happy throughout the day instead of I'm alone or whatever. And yeah, it's just not healthy. It's super unhealthy. (sighs) Oh. Jeez, Matt. I went deep. I dived deep yeah, into number that Number four. Number four. Pray. Ask God to show you what needs to change in your own life to prepare you for your next relationship. Or if you're even going to be in a relationship. Um, but yeah, it's... And that kind of ties into right with the last one. Because mm-hmm. we do need to be spiritually prepared. And we do need to work on our own relationship with God before we try to expand into relationships with other people, mm-hmm. well, romantic relationships at least, where it, it involves the bulk of our life. And then lastly, number five, choose joy now. Don't wait to have a man or woman in your life uh, to be happy. It's uh, it's not... You're, you're, I feel like that we as a culture put too much emphasis on love and sex as something far above all the other experiences of life. And I think, of course, the reason why is because they feel like they're bigger. Mm -hmm. But in the scheme of things, there are, there are many people that don't ever want or experience those things Mm -hmm. throughout their lives. And they still find themselves fulfilled. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that because it is such an all-encompassing thing in our lives that we're handing part of our life over, that we make it bigger than it really has to be as in the realm of importance of, of, of the human experience. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. And that we couldn't be fulfilled without this. 
if you don't have that as a part of your life for some point in your life, then you haven't lived a full life. Yeah. And I think that's unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like the Apostle Paul, he was single. But we wouldn't say that he didn't accomplish what right. God told him to accomplish or that he didn't live his full life. Right. Um, he He's uh, <laughs> the only apostle that wasn't a disciple first you know he 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 was a, a big deal and uh god did some amazing things for him that have rippled out through time and to look at him and say yeah but he didn't have a girlfriend yeah he was never married so what does he know right and, and i think that's also dangerous because we do that with pastors too now i understand why because we're afraid that if we get a single pastor that's gonna set up some weird situation where he might date somebody in the in the congregation right. or something like that. It's all set up for rife for problems. But that also means that we don't give single pastors the pulpit mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Almost almost ever. Most even I would say most churches even make it a point when they're searching for a pastor that that's a requirement. Yeah. That not only that they're married, but that they're married and they have kids. Right. If someone's called into a the pastorate, pastorate yeah. position and they're single, then it's you're like, going to be yeah. a youth pastor for right. a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I find that totally unfair. Yeah. Because for the exact same reason, Paul. Yeah. You know, he <laughs> he he was one of the, the greatest men in the Bible uh, in the New Testament who, who spread the gospel so, so abundantly. Mm-hmm. And he had, you know, had mentees. He, he, he discipled people. And have them go spread the gospel. He did such good work, all while never having a significant other. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, we're too afraid to let somebody who doesn't have a wife and kids in the pulpit. And that's yeah. just, that's sad. I agree. Uh, but again, that is a, it's a defect of our culture and all the bad things that have happened. Which, of course, is just, you know, a handful of people ruining it for everybody else kind of situations, you know. But... Then again, feels like every week some other big pastor is stepping down for some affair or some other thing. It's only because social media is as big as it is now. That's why we hear about it is what I Okay, saying. I was about to say, that's the cause? <laughs> no. That's why they're having affairs? That's, that's why, why we're we hearing hear about it every it. other day. Yep. But, uh, but I mean, it was still happening, though. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think, I think that. Well, what do you think of the list? Do you think it's a good list? I do. Um, I think that. I yeah. I mean, I think it's a good list. I think. Do we know who the author is? Because I'm gonna uh, feel kind of bad for saying something. I don't have it here. Let me look it up. I kind of feel like. It was kind of common sense list like i would have rather had a more in-depth list matt a more oh, i'm so sorry <laughs> get to the center of their heart list uh i can't find exactly where it's from uh belief net i think it's from belief net it doesn't say who wrote it though i do like the idea of so, and I think, let's see, number one and number five probably kind of tie hand in hand for me. 
understanding your identity and that you don't have to have a man or a woman in your life to be happy. Mm. You know, and it's something that I hear a lot of people say all the time that their spouse has completed them. And it's a it's an idea that's nice. Mm -hmm. It's thought, you know, thoughtful and kind of gives you the butterflies. But to be honest, you're a complete person. Right. You and of yourself already. The only hole in your heart was the heart that God needed to fill, not a Exactly. Somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> and so are you saying that if one of you were to die, if your spouse was to die, that you are no longer a complete person? You know, <laughs> now, while you would be sad and you would be upset, yes, that is valid. But you in and of yourself are already a complete person. And when you find that wholeness and that completeness, that's when you're ready to get into a relationship. Right. Yeah, I think I think what you're talking about is is kind of off of a misinterpretation of becoming one flesh. Yeah. And saying, okay, well now we're we're complete. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, God's the one that makes you complete as the individual. Yeah. Uh becoming one flesh is more about uh the the intimacy between the two people and mm -hmm. how you're supposed to be connected for life at that point. Right. But yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Uh, I think the list is, is, is good, but yeah, you're right. It could have been expanded upon a little better. Yeah. Um, maybe tomorrow will be better. But first we have an before we dis disappear. <laughs> I always feel Ask like uh, home improvement. Yeah, Tim Allen. Allen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. What foods have you never eaten but would really like to try? Matthew, I think we oh, talked about it's going to be big for you because you're such a picky recently. eater. Hey, I'm I'm a lot better than I used to be. Okay, but you're still not that great. <laughs> well, why don't you zip your face? Okay. Um, no, uh, I think I talked about this before um, on the show, but uh, what I really want to try, like it's it's just some weird mental block, but it's something that something that I feel like I even have cravings for, even though I've never had it. Okay. But I just can't get over what it is. It's sushi. Oh, okay. I really want to try it. And like I see some and my mouth salivates. But then I get to the point of, oh, but I actually have to put it in my mouth. And of what it is scares the living junk out of me. Okay, so what you need to do is you need to start with a California roll. Okay, because a California roll is just imitation crab meat, avocado, rice, there's something else in there and seaweed. There's something else inside the center. I can't remember. But it's not like your raw fish sushi but that see, you're going to I eat. Feel like, I feel like I would lean more towards the raw fish than I would like crab meat and avocado. What? Because I hate those two things. You're so strange. <laughs> okay, so most sushi has avocado in it. But the the sushi specifically that I'm talking about is the little rice, uh, little rice ball or whatever with the fillet of fish thing on it. The, the different yeah, the raw yeah, the fish raw laying fish. on top that's, of it. That's what I look at and think, man, that looks good. But I'm terrified to eat it. Do you not eat that? You made a face. I do. I just I. So I'm a texture person. Yeah, and, and I can get I. yeah. I can get past it a lot of times, but occasionally. <laughs> I, so I don't know what it is, but like some days I'm okay with texture. And then other days I'm like, whoa, I cannot take this. Right. And it could be the same thing that I'm eating. <laughs> I could eat this on Monday, but then on Friday I try to eat it and I'm like, whoa, whoop. wait a minute. 
<laughs> so there have been multiple times where I will have a piece of sushi like that with the filet on top, and yeah. I'm like, can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. I got to take the fish off, and I'll just eat the rice ball. I'm good. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, what is a food that you've never eaten that you would like to try? So... Because I'm a world traveler. <laughs> because I've been all over this planet. Because I'm cultured. <laughs> I've tried many things that you've tried. never even heard of. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I Enjoy your peanut butter sandwich, you <laughs> plebeian. <laughs> um... But I do like the idea, and I think that it's Twisted Root. I think that's the name of it. But the burger place that does different hamburgers from different meats, like mm. uh, Kobe beef or Kobe yeah. beef, um, or the Buffalo Burger. or So I'm very intrigued to different kinds of meats when I... You know they got some of those at Fuddruckers. Do they? Yeah, like buffalo and elk and a couple other things. See, I don't like elk. I love elk burgers. No. Greg, Greg, my father-in-law, <sighs> shot an elk, and mm-hmm. they carved that thing up for meat. They had meat for two years. But they made some half hamburger, half elk burger mm-hmm. patties. And okay. Gosh, they were so So good. maybe mixed with Yeah, beef. I think, and he was clear that it needed to be mixed. Yeah, because uh, it's super lean. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's, Usually that's, that's a why. good thing, yeah. but you need that fattiness. For of, burgers, you need fattiness. Yeah. We uh, Johnny DeRay, he also got an elk yeah. one year and had us all over for burgers, and and they were just straight elk. Uh yeah, straight Ooh. elk. And I felt so bad because I took one bite and I was like, oh, I can't do this. Okay, let me see. I took another bite and I was like, yep, nope, not happening. And I flipped my plate upside down in the trash can and stuffed it down, <laughs> the, you know? That's the move. That's the picky eater move yeah. right there. That's the, okay, I'm here at this party and nothing looks good. I'm going to have to try something. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> just going to wait till no one's looking. Just inch my way closer. Inch my way closer to the trash can. Pop it open with my foot there. And, yep. uh, upside down no one's gonna notice maybe stuff it down a little bit uh-huh. a napkin on top yep all right we're good guys we're good that was delicious yep. everybody i have done that mm-hmm. i have really only done that a handful of times because i'm really not that picky of an time. eater i've done but, it at your house yeah i know you have. <laughs> i know you have um hey but that means i've tried something that's all that counts right no that's not all that counts <laughs> That's what. That's the only thing they ask of picky eaters. I just keep trying. Try it. Then keep, if you still don't like it, that's fine. No. <laughs> that's a lie. I keep telling Muscle. myself that it wasn't my food that you didn't like. It was Probably. the other people's food. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's usually potluck style when I go uh-huh. over there. So. Yeah, because I ain't feeding all y'all people. <laughs> you crazy. That's also why I don't come over to your house during your crawfish bowl, boils or whatever. Bowl. Like, See? I do crawfish. I'll be like, yeah. I love crawfish. <laughs> now I made you crave it. It's coming up on that time. Coming up on that time. Uh, okay. All right. Well, that's all we got for this hour. Stick around. We'll be back soon to close out the show.
back to the Back Row Morning Show. Almost a Bats podcast again. Back Row Morning Show. Jeez, Matt, get it's with been, it. Gosh, it's been so many months and I'm still, it's that, just that mental, or not mental even, it's just like the muscle memory of my mouth yeah. saying Back Row Baptist podcast back for three Baptist years. Back Row Baptist podcast, yeah. Oh, anyway, welcome back to the show as we are closing it out with your Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is 1 John 4, 11 and 12. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And our thought for the day comes from Greg Laurie. When you fix your attention on the obstacles rather than the objective, fear always will eclipse your faith. Trust God. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you to our sponsor, A Boy and His Curse by Michael P. Mordenga. Available on Amazon now. Go get it. We're here every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed up together for you into a podcast over on BackRowRadio.com, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, a whole bunch of places. Go oh for my it. word. Okay, be sure to connect <laughs> with all aspects of the Back Row by visiting thebackrow.org and join our meme-packed Facebook group at brbchurch.com. If you love what we do here on the Back Row Morning Show and Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash Radio. We are continuing to grow. We are adding a bunch of new music, and we've got some big plans for the future, but we need the financial help to get us there. Uh, currently, we are sitting at about one-sixth of our funding goal uh, for this year. So if you can help us out, maybe just donating a cup of coffee, cup of Starbucks coffee each week, five bucks, not each week, I'm sorry, each month, five bucks a month will go a long way to helping us uh, grow. Hey, Mo, what's the final word? I mean, they could do each week too. (laughs) $20 a month, jeez. I thought we said it's not good to shame people into doing things. <laughs> Didn't we say that yesterday? Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. Pay us! <laughs> you think we're working for free here? We gotta pay out of our own pocket? <laughs> That's what we're doing. <laughs> That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.